Welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast episode number nine. I'm so pleased you're here. This week, we're going to be talking about aggressive behavior and how you can use play to help your child stop being aggressive. And I'm delighted to have my good friend Nikki McGrath on the show who has a daughter aged five and has been using the aware parenting and parenting by connection approach since her daughter was a baby. So you'll get to really hear how She's used play to transform those aggressive moments with her daughter. And you're also going to pick up some great games ideas too. I'm Helena Mooney. And if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So welcome, Nikki. I'm so pleased to have you on my podcast because we've known each other for... Five, no, four years. I think my, my son's coming up to five now and you came to his first birthday party with your little girl who's a couple of months older than George. Yes. And we met through an aware parenting group, didn't we, here in Sydney? Yes, we did. We met at your house actually because you were hosting one of yes. the one of the groups. Yeah. Yes, which I need, I'm going to start doing that again actually. So anybody listening in Sydney, keep an eye out. I will be hosting some catch-ups. Um, and uh, what we're going to talk about today is how play helped with your little girl's aggression when she was about four, which yes. is not an uncommon occurrence for everybody, isn't it? I mean, all our children can be aggressive at different stages. So I just think it's really helpful to talk with um, a mum who really understands these concepts and how you've helped your child with them. Do you want yes. to talk a bit more about... Um, Katie's, uh, what she was doing and, and just give us some background about, you know, what then led you to then start using play with her for aggressive behavior. Yes. Um, well, whenever Katie had big feelings or, or, you know, she was, um, overwhelmed with various emotions, um, her first port of call was to to start throwing things generally. Right. Um, so so that started probably when she was about three. <laughs> yes. And um and it's just continued. It still continues actually, but um it's got much much more manageable and and easier. Um, so she'd either throw or kick or hit. And, um, I was finding it so hard to deal with and, um, because that kind of behavior really triggered me and I, I, I didn't really have the, I didn't have the toolkit to be able to deal with it really. Um, I had my own, my own problems with, um, with, you know, my response, I think. I think we all do. I don't think you're uncommon there at all because when we've been aggressive as children, Generally, that leads to aggressive responses from grown-ups, doesn't it? From adults, so it can yes. be that that's often our first response is to aggressive behaviour is for us to be aggressive. Yeah, or to try and shut down the behaviour in some way, have yeah. to try and stop it. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, that and and I, I was really kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I didn't know how to deal with it, and and then I came to, um, I, I talked to you a lot. And you, you talk, talked about a lot of games that I could play. So power reversal games mainly. And, um, and I really, I took that on board and started trying them. And I remember the very first weekend that I just launched myself into power reversal games all day. And 
Katie started looking at me in a different way. She found it so funny and she was giggling so much. (laughs) Yeah, it was so great because, you know, it really helped me actually, because I find sometimes I was really stuck with play. I, I found myself, I found it hard to get into. But then when I was actually getting the response from her, um, of you know just giggling and just loving it and she was I could see that she was really connecting with me then it really helped me get into it more so um so yeah we went from from hardly any play just little bits of play but then me wanting to shut it down because I found it uncomfortable to just a lot of play to try and combat the the feelings that she had which were coming up a lot. That's so great to hear because it can feel really awkward when we start playing with our children in that way. Cause you know, most of us have done a little bit of play. We'll do a little bit of chasing game or perhaps a bit of wrestling on the bed, but generally it's like, Oh, well, you know, I can't be bothered to do that. Or it can feel, you know, you can feel really self-conscious sometimes. And I know a lot of parents who just like, Oh, I feel awkward and don't like it. But yeah. when, as you say, then you see how your children respond when you dive in, it just makes it all so worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when when I was still with my with her dad, he was the one who did all the chasing games and the hide and seek games and the the rough and tumble games and I I played differently with her, completely differently. So that kind of paraversal and chasing pillow fights that wasn't in my repertoire <laughs> of games that I played with her. But You're now, so right because often it is the dads like as the mums, we're often being the serious ones because we've got and you know, women still have the majority of childcare and um, household responsibilities, regardless of you know the percentage of working comparison to the to the male. Um, but often we sort of do the jobs and we get everything done, and then it's the partners who come in and, and much more sort of naturally, seemingly playful. But so it's really wonderful then when us mums really dive in too and realise that that's actually is helpful, if not more so than a lot of the other things we're doing. Yes, definitely, definitely. And the other thing that I've loved um, in this is that Katie has, all her creativity comes out in the play. So she has made up so many different power reversal games herself. So she made up one which we called um, Pesky Fly, where, <laughs> where I would chase her around with a sieve and pretend that she was a fly and she'd hide under the, the table and then she'd come out and go and run away and I'd be chasing her with a sieve and I would just wouldn't be able to catch her. And um, so that was fun. And then various other little games, you know, like I've been a tired hippo on the bed and she's had to push me off the bed and I've tried really hard for her not to push me off the bed, but she's so strong and powerful that she gets to do it. And so, yeah, and but she's always coming up with new things. And I, I love that. It's really motivating for me to actually play these games with her, but that she's created. So, yeah. Yes, because they invite us to play. Like George, my son, will always go, come on, let's just do a quick wrestling game on the bed before bedtime or whatever it is. He will initiate that play. And I think that's so brilliant that they can ask for that because that's what they're needing in their moment. They know what they need instinctively and they'll ask us because it's so connecting it's fun um so you know why would you not as a child want to constantly ask your parents to play with them it's so much fun um but what I also love is that sometimes we think well we've got to come up with the game and you know god what are we going to do but actually our children are so creative as you said and can you know it's a simple the concept is a simple chasing game and yet they're you know she's a fly and you've got the sieve it's so 
it's so simple and just fun and I love it. Love the sound of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and actually what you're saying about um, how George asks for games, it was interesting the other day because Katie was having these really big feelings. It was She was really struggling with something and her face was really kind of, you know, she could see she was struggling with these feelings and then all of a sudden she said, Mom, Mom, can we have a pillow fight? And it was her way yes. of escaping from that it was, it was escape. She was trying to escape from that feeling that she was having, but, you know, and, and release it somehow. And so it was wonderful that she just knew what she needed in that moment, because, you know, often I think we don't. Um, and it's great that our children do. And I think it's, if they do and, and you can see it, then it's always great to just follow that and, and, and go with it because that's what they need. It so, is yeah. because laughter is such a powerful stress release. And so if she's like boiling up with feelings and not sure what to do with them, and that's often the time when kids do lash out or they start to become uncooperative or they might become anxious and shut down. And so to know that they go, oh, mom, I just, let's do a pillow fight. She knows she needs connection with you. And she knows that laughter is so helpful in helping her with those feelings. And you know that it's helping her release those feelings. It's such a powerful thing because just, for those of you who might not have heard um, an earlier episode talking about the power of play, when our children become aggressive, it's often because they're feeling powerless. And so, you know, and that can be from anything. And it'd be interesting to hear what you sort of think contributed to, to Katie's sort of aggressive behavior, if there was anything in particular that might have sparked it. But um, when our children feel powerless, that's when they become aggressive. So these power reversal games help to shift that balance of power towards our children, making them the faster ones, them the ones who are flies and can hide and yet their mum can't find them or, you know, strong enough to be, are you the hippo on the bed? <laughs> Your example. Um, and, you know, they can push a hippo, their mum, off the bed. It gives them that sense of power and strength and competence which they often lack in normal everyday life so these games are so brilliant at turning that around and helping our children to feel powerful which then leads to reduction of aggressive behavior so when she was being aggressive and you started to bring these games obviously she was really enjoying them in the moment but then what did you notice around her behavior around after that so it, it would vary, I suppose. If if she had, if she if she'd filled her cup in a way, I suppose. If the play had really helped her release her feelings, and that I'd, I'd notice that she would then potter around by herself and do some coloring by herself. And she never plays by herself, so that was you know just wonderful and really um, comforting to know that she was in you know in her own space and just enjoying herself. Um, but the, the, the other side of the coin might be that, you know, what we had done would, would not have released all of the feelings and that me saying, okay, we don't have any more time to do that. That would then bring up some even bigger feelings or that, the t you know, she, she hadn't, she hadn't got rid of them. They were, they were still there and then she'd start being aggressive again. And so then I'd have to, to hold a limit, um, which was always, which is always tricky. I find it tricky. So um, play is always, you know, better for me than, than holding limits. But yeah. Um, yeah, because just so um, people, those who are listening, um, the purpose of holding a limit is to then say, you know, playtime's finished or no, I'm not going to let you hit me or whatever it is that you need to help your child to either stop doing or do. 
And then you listen to the upset feelings that are driving that behavior behind it. So that is um, listening to upset feelings such as through crying or through tantrums. So it can be that your child's being aggressive after you've done the play. And then you might think, well, the play's not working. But actually the play is a great gateway into those feelings. So then more feelings come up and then that's a time to then listen to upset feelings rather than distracting them with play. So it's finding that balance, isn't it? Between yeah. knowing when to play and when to listen to upset feelings. How do you, how, how did you sort of find navigating, you know, what to bring? Um, well, it's, I think it's still a work in progress, but I think I would know when, when I guess it was, the, the, there's a good example of bedtime the other day when I'd, I'd done about an hour's worth of power reversal play with her. Um, Firstly, you know, an hour, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great we're, time. we're going through a big change at the moment. So um, she's very unsettled. So I knew that she needed a lot of um, release. And so we did a lot before bedtime and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll have a, an okay bedtime now, but no, at the end of it, she was really, really uh, upset still and not, she doesn't cry. She, she stopped crying when she was about three. Um, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, so now it all comes out in, in aggression. So she started hitting me and kicking me and, and various things. And it was, I was able this time to really hold that limit with compassion and, and to see that, that she couldn't control what she was doing in that moment. It was about nine o'clock at night, you know, she's five years old. So it wasn't something she was able to control. And, um, so I was just compassionately holding the limit, not, not, um, not, not just containing, containing her within that, that, um, compassionate, um, response from me and just, um, kept doing that for about half an hour. And eventually she stopped she stopped. She just rolled over and said, okay, mommy, I'm going to sleep. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, play doesn't always end in happiness. It definitely doesn't. Sometimes it definitely ends in either, I guess, crying, maybe it, not in Katie's case, but definitely aggression in her case. And that is just an indication that those are upset feelings. It's not saying that play's um, not working and it's not saying that your child is not responding properly. It just shows there's deeper feelings there because you are going through a big change at the moment. So there is a lot there for Katie to to deal with. And so play can be a really great starting point. And sometimes it can be enough. Like sometimes when my son is... Um, he likes to hurl things across the room when he's cross. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I can move in playfully going, are you going to throw that? I'm not going to let you throw that. And then it turns, it just sort of immediately turns into a chasing game. And that can be enough because that reconnects us, gives a giggle. He's, you know, job done. But sometimes it can just keep going and he's like, Mah! and he's all over the shop. And so then you can really clearly see that they need more listening to with their upset feelings rather than play. Um, yeah. So it's sort of, it because the overall desire or the overall aim and motivation really needs to be to connect with our children. And the way to connect could be through play or it could be through listening to upset feelings. So it's finding that balance. And sometimes I find with my son is that um, we might start off with play and then it goes into upset feelings and it goes into play again. And it sort of just weaves its way through um, and we oscillate between the both. And then at the end of it, so much lighter and then naturally, naturally not aggressive because those feelings have gone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finding place so useful at the moment, actually. It's kind of like I'm using it 
in every moment, possible moment I can. So, you know, getting out of the door to go to school, um, getting out of the car at school, I have to use play in all of those moments at the moment because she's trying to say, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go every day. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm just grasping every little ounce of imagination that I have and, and launching it, launching into some kind of play, even if it's just pretending the door is closing by itself and going, <laughs> or I actually has a, she had a puppet in the car the other day that really wanted to eat her knees and she giggled and giggled and giggled. And it released that fear that she had about going into school. And afterwards she, she held my hand. She said, mommy, let's go into school now. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, all these, all these different moments, I'm so grateful for having those, you know, the, that, that play, that ability to play now that I didn't have before because I just couldn't access it myself. Um, well, also not, I, I never even knew that it was something that you could do. Like I didn't yeah. even know that it was going to be helpful. I just thought, oh, it's just you know, something fun that you do every now and again. I had no concept about how the, you know, the emotional impact it would have on our children that would then help them with aggressive behavior or separation anxiety or going to do things. And, um, it, it's such a powerful, such a powerful tool. Yeah. Because the alternative really is really not that pleasant. Like often we respond to aggression with harshness, you know, timeouts or, you know, often some parents, you know, want to lash out at their children because oh, it's so enraging, isn't it? And so we sometimes don't know what to do with our own feelings. Um, but it becomes increasingly, and we feel we need to teach our children not to be aggressive. But actually, when you do exactly what you did with Katie, it just, the aggression goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And I also find that play is really helpful for us because when our children are behaving in ways that are challenging and then we get really irritated, then we are less able to to respond compassionately, like you said that you were doing with Katie. And so I find whenever I've played with my children, when they've been particularly annoying, I'm like, oh, I really love you. <laughs> I feel <laughs> much more willing to find ways that work for them, listen to their feelings, be more, you know, patient and calm and, and, and loving general. In yes. general. If I wasn't playful, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be much more rigid. I'd be much more like, we've got to do discipline. Whereas the play softens me and softens them and just transforms the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's also, you know, another example of this is if, if, um, if Katie ever used to, she doesn't do this much anymore, but she used to whine a little bit, you know, mm. get that, that, that voice and, and, and it would be really niggling at my brain and really kind of irritating me. Yeah. But then I'd find a way to be playful about something, about what she was saying or what she was doing or whatever. Not, 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 not to um, take the mickey out of her, but just to, to be playful. And she would really respond to that. And it was just because she wanted that connection. Yeah. So, yeah, as soon as we, we turned it into play, then she would stop that she would stop the whining and, you know, really feel she'd be able to talk to me in her normal voice. <laughs> which was sometimes whine, I mean, whining so annoying for so many, so many of us. Yeah. I sometimes hear, you know, parents go, well, use your proper voice. I'm not going to listen to you if you're whining, if that's the whining voice, use your proper voice. Whereas, yeah. you know, by responding playfully, as you said, you give your child what you need and then the, the whining naturally goes away. Yeah. And what I also find is that um, with aggression, whining is like one of those low level sort of irritations. And generally, if you then ignore the whining or you shut that down, then the behavior leaks out in other ways or it escalates to become more aggressive and more difficult. So if you can move in early, 
with a playful game, that often just stops that whole cycle of, of going into more aggressive behavior later on. It just, it just stops it in its tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely seen that. So do you have any other examples of where you've helped Katie with her aggression? Because we can do things in the moment when our children are starting to be aggressive or full-blown aggressive, or we can also help them if we sort of can predict or if they've been having challenges with aggression at other times that we can play with them, you know, completely removed from the aggressive behavior, but that helps them later on with their aggressive behavior. Have you got any other sort of examples that you might want to share? Because I've got some with George. (laughs) George is always a great place to start sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess in terms of in the moment aggression, then I think when Katie used to start getting aggressive, so she'd raise her hand with something hard in it, ready to throw, I'd grab her hand and I would start dancing with her and we would dance together and I would sing and, um, and she immediately would respond to that. So that was a way to stop it right from the beginning because I learned, um, I learned the hard way that actually that first throw could be, can, can do quite a lot of damage. So, <laughs> so stopping it right at the beginning was, was good. And then preventative, I suppose. Um, yes, I've done a lot of that, um, because, um, often Katie will become aggressive after a tr- transition from wh- whatever it might be from school or from, from wherever. And so I have done a lot of, um, um, running games. So I'll go to the park with her in a transition from school and we'll run and chase and do lots of games and, and do the swing game where she'll be swinging towards me and I'll pretend that she's, she's, um, she's, she's kicked me, um, off, yes. you know, away from her and she, finds that hilarious so yes that's really helped with that bringing out those feelings uh, that she gets from being at school and after school helping her to release them um so yeah that that's that's been preventative and then we're able to go home and and it's very easy and gentle then at home whereas before I was bringing her home from school and she'd immediately as soon as we got in the car or even when we got in the door she'd start throwing things and um, so that that's a that's a really I think that's quite a good example I think of of preventative um, play. Yeah, that's a great example because so many parents struggle with that. You know, when they pick up their kids from school, it can be really hard um, yeah. to deal with the children's behaviour because they've been holding it together all day at school, and then they come home and it just launches out in this sort of huge aggressive behaviour. Because I had something similar with George. He was um, towards the end of last year, so he would have been yeah just turned four and his behavior was sort of getting progressively worse towards the end of the term. Um, and he and him and a couple of other little boys were being quite aggressive to each other. And I was like, Oh my God. So what I did is over the holidays, I just really blitzed all the games, just brought, kept bringing those power reversal games, kept responding playfully. And it really helped to shift things because this term, this whole year, we're now sort of, um, end of July, we haven't had a single instance of, well, that I know about, um, of him being aggressive at preschool. So, you know, if your child is being aggressive away from you, it's, you know, and you, sometimes you can feel so helpless then, can't you? Because you're going, well, I'm not there to stop them. It's incredible how powerful play is. The more that you can do it at home, it just translates to much better, more calmer, you know, more relaxed behavior away from you, which I think is so so helpful to know because those are times when we can feel really powerless. And when we feel powerless about our children's aggression, then we become more aggressive or more punitive um, yeah. or just like overwhelmed and despairing. So 
yeah, I love hearing about how you just know, know what she needs she, and it doesn't have to take long. It can take five to 10 minutes. A chasing game really doesn't have to take long, does it? No, exactly. Yeah. Just a really short, short period of time and, and, and she's, you know, fine. Yeah. And the, t- and the time that we spend investing in playing that game means that we then don't have to spend ages, you know, with a whining child and nagging them to do something or just constantly having to police them. Because as you said earlier on, you know, often then Katie would go off and play happily on her own, which then when, you know, we pick them up from daycare or school or wherever, that means that we can get on and make dinner or whatever it is we need to do in a much easier way than having to constantly sort of dash between, you know, cooking and fighting kids and whatever it is. So, um, yeah, that time invested in play is so powerful. Yeah. Great. Is there anything else you want to share about helping your child, you know, helping lovely Katie with her aggressive feelings and play? Um, I think I could talk forever about it really, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, I think I've shared most of the, most of the things that I've used and that's been successful. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so great to hear. I really love um, hearing that and just knowing we're knowing both you and Katie, it just has such an impact, doesn't it? And knowing, you know, seeing the impact on my own children and hearing about it from others. It's just extraordinary because with aggression, we can, as I said, we can get really punitive and harsh discipline But this, when we know what our children actually need, which is to connect with us, to feel a bit more powerful again, and to offload any upset feelings, play is just incredible with it. Um, But I just also want to say that, you know, in case your child is then still aggressive afterwards, just like you said, that Katie can be, and both my children can be as well, that that's okay too. And to listen to the upset feelings as well there. So um, play is great. And I also just want to also add about... I think sometimes people can use play as a form of distraction or to hear that, you know, when we move in playfully that we're distracting them from their feelings. And um, so if your child is upset, that's not what, you know, we're not saying jump in and do play. It's about responding to them. But play can be an initial brilliant first response before things escalate and get worse. Yes, definitely. It's... um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a, uh, I don't have the experience of Katie crying very much. So um, I don't tend to respond with play to crying because there isn't much crying going on. But yeah, aggression, definitely. So good. All right. Well, thank you so much, um, Nikki. It's so fabulous to talk to you. And I'm so grateful that you're on my podcast. Um, thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Because you are super pay- playful with Katie. I love seeing how that all works in another family as well. It's so lovely to watch and to then to see how Katie really responds to it. It's just, it's so heartening and just really affirms just how powerful play can be in any situation, including aggressive behavior. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games, which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing. Enjoy playing.